Hey, I'm excited y'all are here. Uh, yeah, so, so hey, this is awesome. We get to talk about, everybody was excited, talking about uh, relationships, right? Uh, yesterday was Valentine's Day, and I had a great Valentine's Day. I had a fun day with my wife. If you had a bad one or a good one, I don't really care. Just being honest, okay? Um, but hey, if you've had a bad one, it's probably on you. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I'm excited. Hey, for real, though, this is, this is awesome. I'm stoked y'all here. I really think this is obviously something that everybody thinks about and cares about, whether you say you don't or not, it's true. And this is also something... Hey, this for real. This is something I think. I guess <laughs> publicly apologize, but yeah, I, I think we should talk about this more. Um, I've had conversations um, about stuff like this. I think we do a good job talking about this, like in small groups or like friendship, like one-on-one -on -one stuff like that. But from the front, um, in like a large setting, I uh, I think we should do this more often. So I'm excited uh, about this. Hey, um, what are a few topics that you deal with every day, but maybe haven't heard much from the Bible about. That's a great one. Actually, the Bible's super clear about taxes, so you just read it. Hey, but that's fair, okay? So a lot of times people will say, I, I didn't hear half the stuff y'all said, but um, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, the Bible doesn't talk about this, and it's super clear, and it does talk about it. People just don't read the Bible, right? And that's unacceptable. But, um, but then there's other things that the Bible doesn't really talk that much about, okay? Um, and one of those things is dating. How many, do you guys know how many times the Bible like, explicitly talks about dating? Any guesses? Zero times. That is correct, Okay. Nope. <laughs> good guess. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good guess. Um, so it's zero times. And most of the time when these things kind of come up, um, you know, you can think about like money, sometimes about money, relationships, politics, some of these different kind of like big things that we talk about. People will kind of use the Bible, and I think that's like a wise thing to do is like seek God and, and see what he says about certain principles. But a lot of times, at least in my experience, it's like, oh, hey, you know, it's pretty smart to blah, 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 right? Or, hey, a Christian should something, something, something. Or like a Christian should never blah, 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 right? Like I've heard these for like a long time. And sometimes I've just heard like absolute silence and all of those are actually, maybe they come from a nice place, but they're actually kind of lame answers. Um, and so something that I just wanted to kind of like talk about tonight um, is we can, we really can twist things to mean a certain thing. You can kind of twist any written work into meaning something that you want it to, right? Like you could be like, oh, well, it says this. So that's talking about that, you know, I don't have a great example. Um, but ultimately, I think the main thing, that, the main two things that I want to get from tonight are submission to God's ways and wisdom, okay? So we've been talking about this all semester. If this is your first time, super stoked about that. If this is, if you've been here with us this semester, um, since the first week, Sean talked about submitting kind of like our future 
and, and, and like putting that and saying, Jesus, you're Lord. I want you to like be in charge of my future. Uh, I don't know why this has just seemed like the longest week in the world to me. Last week, Sean talked about friendship, and it was awesome. And so we submit our, our, our friends to, to God, and then we also just kind of submit our whole self to the mission of God. Like, we've been talking about kind of submitting and, and honoring God in this way. Does that make sense? Like, if you've been here? Okay. So tonight, we're just going to talk about that, con- continue to talk about that and submitting um, relationship, dating, um, marriage, love, all that type of thing to God, okay? So the, that's the first thing, submission to God's ways and wisdom. And then the second thing is to be proactive, okay? That's what I want to do tonight. Uh, I think a lot of times it's like reactive, um, but, but you could call this like a poverty mindset, like um, do, getting the bare minimum. Like I'm going to do all I can to just get the bare minimum, okay? So I want to be in a godly relationship so I shouldn't, you know, the Bible says don't have sex before marriage. I don't, I don't want to do that because, so that I don't get divorced, right? Well, that's, that's fine, but that's like a kind of a bad motive to have, okay? Um, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, sorry, I should date a Christian because then I won't get cheated on, right? That's just like poverty. It's not, it's, it's like, well, yeah, no one wants to get divorced or cheated on. Like, that sounds horrible, but that's kind of where it stops. Does that make sense? So I want us to be like proactive, kind of dream together about what this actually really could look like. I don't want this to just be a not-to-do talk, okay? Like, probably everybody here, we just sang to Jesus. So if you are a Christian or not, you kind of know what people say, what the Bible says about sex and all these type of things. We can kind of get it convoluted. But I don't want this to, uh, to be a not-to-do. But a lot of times, I think our experience, maybe our family of origin— can kind of put us in like this default, kind of put you back on your heels. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that it, it can kind of mess with us. And that's really unfortunate. Um, even for me, I kind of came up in a, in a really immature, pretty ungodly um, union uh, as, as my family. Um, so much so that it doesn't even exist anymore. And it didn't teach me much about marriage other than kind of like how not to do it. Does that make sense? And so a lot of us maybe came from that situation, right? Um, some of us maybe didn't, but there's still that kind of like, well, I'm never going to be as good as my mom and dad or, you know, whatever. And, and that's not the point. You're not trying to be as good as your mom and dad. You're just trying to have a relationship like Jesus wants you to, okay? So um, that's why I'm excited to talk about this tonight. Like when, like when Katie and I got married, I was so stoked because I had I had got right with God, and then I got to have this kind of dream of, like, starting a new family and, and kind of changing the script. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like being able to have something that I never thought possible um, because I was going to do it in God's way, and we're doing it, so it's exciting. Um, so tonight, we're going to explore this verse, and we're going to kind of use it as a lens to look at lots of things, but specifically dating um, in, in, like, the ways— of God. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's, it's the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, um, verse 5 and 6, okay? So it says this, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding or, yeah, rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight, okay? Okay? Okay. So, Proverbs 3 would include what we're talking about tonight with relationships. All your ways, your singleness, dating, marriage, 
all your ways, right? I think this is how I've seen it. It's like, oh, God's like outdated or he's too old to understand like what dating is today. Um, and so I'm not necessarily going to submit this one thing. Even really godly people I've seen take relationships and basically leave God out of it for some reason. And that just always ends up bad. And it's really unwise. And I really hope you all don't do this. And so tonight, I want us to see that this too um, can and should be submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. Okay? And I brought a very special person. It's been spoiled already, which is fine. It's my wife, Katie. And she's going to come up here and, uh, and help us understand some of this stuff. So uh, she gets a slow clap too. Um, Man, uh, I don't know if I've ever gotten a slow clap. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. That was good. That one was good. That was good. Um, I'm going to pray. Does that sound good? Okay. Jesus, we love you. And uh, man, God, we're so grateful to be here tonight. I love these people, and it is an honor to be their friend and, and um, just to get to uncover uh, more about you um, every week together and, and every day together, Lord. It, it is an honor, and we just love you, Jesus, and would you be lifted high in this place tonight in our thoughts, and, and um, yeah, all, all the way to the end of tonight, God, would we uh, just have open hearts to hear from you and to do what you say. We love you, Jesus, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Cool. So, um, yeah, honored to be here. This is so fun. It's fun to get to do this uh, with Charles because we like each other, and uh, so it's been fun. Um, so trust in the Lord and do not rely on your own understanding, right? Trust in the Lord and do not rely on your own understanding. This is where we're going to start tonight. So if you think about it, these things are mutually exclusive. You literally cannot do both, okay? You can't trust in God and rely on your own understanding. It's not going to work out very well. Um, we need to learn and then submit to God's ways and his wisdom. Charles just said that, right? We need to learn first what those ways and that wisdom is, and then we submit to it. Um, so <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, I hated seafood. Um, really didn't like it, but this is, this is what I thought of seafood, okay? Maybe some of you can relate. Fish sticks, okay? Uh, the occasional uh, shrimp cocktail, still don't like that. Um, Although Lauren would probably uh, beg to differ. You really like Lauren, uh, you like uh, shrimp cocktail, right? <laughs> She's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, so uh, fish sticks. I'm trying to think of what else. Just bad fish. Like, I just didn't like it. It was gross to me, okay? I also did not grow up in a place where seafood was like a thing, okay? Um, so as a kid, didn't like it, didn't like it. So then I become an adult, and uh, Charles likes seafood. We get married, and um, man, we, we really, we had moved up here from Texas. We'd never really been to New England, and we had this dream of going to Boston. He loves the Red Sox, so by marriage, I love the Red Sox. Um, and so we went, um, we went to Boston like a couple months after we got married. We took this trip. We could finally like go off, you know, uh, into the horizon together. We're married. And so we go to Boston and um, we go see the Red Sox play the Yankees at Fenway. It was like amazing. It was this amazing game. I don't even care that much about sports, but I was like almost crying. And it was so good. And anyway, um, so fun. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm here. I'm trying the seafood. Like, 
like we're in the home of seafood, right? So, so I'm going to try it. So we try like everything, like um, clam chowder. And you can put up whatever the first picture is. This is like baby, baby me and Charles. Um, I know, we're so cute. Um, <laughs> and uh, we were also way skinnier. But um, anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, but so we try everything clam chowder uh, gosh I don't know what else, like like lobster roll like I mean if you've been to Boston been to Massachusetts been in that area oh it's so good anyway so we go and you can show the next picture so I remember this night we go and I am like a little ashamed I was still nervous so I got lobster mac and cheese it was still amazing uh, but Charles went like all the way and got like the full lobster and afterwards I wish I had because guys Seafood is awesome. There is nothing like the real thing, right? I've had this song stuck in my head all week. Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. You know that song? Anybody? Yes? Okay. Go listen to it. It's great. Um, <coughs> that's really the only lyric I know. <laughs> but that's like the main lyric. Um, but anyways, it's so true. There is nothing like the real thing, right? You try some like just like shallow kind of um, like imitation crab. It's called imitation crab. But when you have real crab, it's not imitation, right? It's a real thing. It's so good. Um, so tonight, uh, we, we want you to get a picture of the real thing um, because there is nothing like the real thing. We want you to see what God has created, his perfect design for relationships. Um, and th this is our first kind of big thought, okay, is this, that marriage is God's idea. Do you know that? <laughs> that marriage, that relationships, romance, we didn't make that up. God did. He did, which is awesome. Uh, you could almost say that God has, like, the patent on it, <laughs> you know? Um, and when you're trying to figure out how something works, you put something together. If you're smart, you use a manual, right? If you're Adventurous, maybe you don't, but um, <laughs> if you're smart, use a manual to put something together, right? Because the person who designed that thing or the company, they put that manual together for you to know how to use it, right? So if, if we're going to figure out how to use this thing that God designed and what it's for and what we're going to do with it, we need to read the manual, right? So we're going to look at our manual. Guess what it is? Oh, you guys are good. All right. <laughs> you, must, you must come around here a lot. Uh, okay, so at the very beginning... Genesis, um, if you've read any of the Bible, you've probably read this chapter. Uh, this is where we all start. It's where it all starts. So we read the story of God's uh, creation of the world. He, he makes, you know, light and dark and planets and fish and all this cool stuff. And then at the very end, he makes mankind, right? So Genesis 1, it says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Uh, the next few verses, I'm just going to jump ahead. I'm going to give you a little, you know, overview. So we see God creates man, uh, the man, Adam, first, okay? He's the first to be created. He places him in this beautiful garden that God also created. And he gives Adam this job to tend it and take care for it and protect it, okay? Um, and then he gives him this really cool job of naming all the animals, which I can't imagine, but that sounds fun and exhausting. Um, 
So he's naming all the animals, but while he's doing this, it's clear. It's like, oh, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Like, there's no animal found that's going to be this, like, equal kind of counterpart to Adam, right? Um, like a, a helper, a suitable helper, Scripture says. There was none found for him among all these animals. So God, in his kindness and his wisdom, says, you know what? I got an idea. And he makes Eve, okay? He makes Eve. He takes one of Adam's very own ribs. He pulls it out while Adam's asleep. And he, he creates Eve from that. And he brings her to Adam. And this is what Adam says. Whoa! I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. But he, might, he probably did. Because <laughs> she's probably a knockout. But uh, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And woman literally means helper. It's really cool. Helper and companion, friend. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Okay. Very cool. Go another time and read the, the full thing and get all the context for it. But I, I have just, just a couple kind of important observations I want to point out. When we're thinking about God's design, this is God's idea, right? God made marriage. He made relationships. So we're th- there's some things we need to be aware of, okay? First thing is that when we're reading this, we see that there's a man and a woman, okay? There's a man and a woman. This is what God designed. This is his design. is a male and a female, Okay? And this marriage, they become one flesh at the end. It doesn't explicitly say marriage, although it says wife, but it's a little bit implied there at the end, right? They become one. This marriage that happens, happens between a man and a woman, okay? These two different but integral parts, God knew that Adam needed Eve, and I think, you know, also knew that Eve needed Adam. Uh, Both male and female bear God's image. It said he created them, you know, in his image. They're the same species, but they're also radically different from all the other species, like very set apart, right? They are, and this, this is important, male and female, equal in value, potential, and destiny, but different in function, okay? Equal in value, potential, and destiny, but different in function. It's like two gears kind of working together, probably made of, you know, made of a similar material, but their function is different, right? But they're working together to accomplish something of great value, okay? So, male and female. And then verse 24 says that when a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, they become one flesh. And this idea of one flesh is just wild. Like, I still can't really wrap my mind around it. It's so cool. Only God could come up with something like this. He says, Adam says, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. There's something really amazing and and mysterious that's happening here. What was once two people... Like, two people now, not just in the eyes of God, but, like, something is happening in their souls. They are becoming one unit. They are now one unit. Isn't that crazy? Like, we can't see that. You don't see that when you look at me and Charles. You see two people in two different bodies, right? But we are, like, one unit. Isn't that? That's wild. And God God made it that way. So, um, and Jesus even says this in Mark 10, He says, so a husband and wife are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. This is is amazing. The very nature of sex and marriage is oneness in person, not just in body, but your very soul, right? Um, And sex is first mentioned here in its proper context of marriage. We'll talk more about that later, but they go together. You can't have one without the other. So, and this oneness that we see, this, this one flesh thing is so cool. It brings to the marriage this, like, this unbelievable depth of intimacy 
and mutual encouragement and like power to accomplish the things of God that that couldn't happen otherwise. Like it's it's just really awesome. So like I said, I mean, only God could come up with this, right? Like this is so cool. Okay, so just you know, quick little detour. Like how how does dating come into this? We're like, why are you talking about marriage? Okay, you know, we don't really see Adam asking Eve out. Well, that would be funny. <laughs> They're the only two people. Um, but <laughs> but it's just like, bam, we're married. What's up? You know. So, um, but here's I think the thing that we need to remember when we think about dating is that dating really is it's our culture says dating is all about the journey, right? Like the thrill, the experience, like casual, you know, keep it casual, like whatever. Um, we've made it so informal that we actually don't even know if we're dating or not, which is, uh, anyone ever been there? You're like, was that a date? I don't know. Um, so it's got a little, little confusing. Um, but here's the deal. It's, it's not about fitting marriage into our idea of dating. It's about fitting dating into God's idea of marriage. Okay. So marriage is the goal. That's what, that's what I want you to see here. We're like kind of, we're trying to paint you this picture of what God intended and, and what he designed when he made marriage with the understanding that this is the goal. And I'm not asking you, please don't do this. Don't take someone out on a date and ask them to marry you or say you're going to marry them the first date. That doesn't go well. And I know that for certain. Um, but <laughs> um, don't do it. But Charles didn't do that with me. Just this ended well. Um, obviously. But, <laughs> um, but, yeah, please don't do that. But marriage should be, like, in your mind, right? Like, when you go on a date with someone, like, that's, that's the end goal. So there's still a journey. It's fun. Like, dating's fun. Uh, but there's a destination, and that's what it's about, okay? Do you understand? We're on the same page? Okay. Um, so your question is not just, like, oh, do I like this person? They make me feel good. Are they cute? Um, but do I want to be united to this person forever and ever? <laughs> One flesh. Do I want that with them? That's like a serious question, right? Because this is serious. It's a big deal. It's, it's maybe like the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. One of them, at least. It's a pretty big deal. You can change careers, you know. <laughs> you can do a lot of different things. But one flesh, that's, that's forever. Okay? So it is serious. Um, marriage is the goal. Cool. Yeah, so marriage is the goal. Marriage is also like a partnership. It's kind of obvious, but the best way I can kind of say this is like it's an it's an offensive thing. Like not offensive, but it's like it maybe some of this. It's offensive. Okay, so marriage should be in God's hands like a weapon does that make sense like like it should be proactive it should be something that's like going out it's it should be not like a secret like oh we're married now all we're gonna do is like hang out at the house forever right like we talked about a couple weeks ago making disciples right and a marriage should be thought of as something that helps me and her make disciples better make more disciples right um that sounds like zero percent sexy but, like, it, it, who cares? Like, if that's what I'm into, like, if I want to make disciples for the rest of my life and I've committed that to, to God, then that's what we should be doing. You know what I'm saying? And that's, like, that's pretty sick. So this is kind of the dreaming side. Um, 
of of tonight. So so this actually may be really difficult for most of us. Um, Sean and I were laughing the other day. Like there's there's like I don't know how to say this. Like there's not actually a very good example of a, a married couple in the Bible. Like that's very strange to say out loud. And we were like, well, them kind of. And I was like, bro, that's like a verse. Like that doesn't really, that's not a good example. And so most of it is like what, what not to do. And so maybe you have some people in your life who you're like, oh man, I really like that. I, I have some huge like, like heroes of mine that I love and revere and they, and their marriage is like not what I want my marriage to look like. It's not bad. It works for them. And they're actually like incredibly offensive for God together, but like, that's not what I want. And so it's kind of difficult because it's like, man, what does this look like? What could this look like? And, and I guess the answer to that is just like your first priority should, as a couple should be, um, disciple making. Okay. If that's going to be your first priority as a, like singular person then when you come together like disciple making should like continue to be the thing does that make sense um you could be a combined force for the kingdom of god fighting alongside each other better together than you would be apart okay um basically you could call this i mean katie mentioned it a second ago but like in that verse in Gen genesis it says fruitfulness biologically you, you know you want to have kids um but also spiritually okay um, there's this beautiful story in this book um, by C.S. Lewis. Oh, The Great Divorce. And uh, it's, it's not about divorce at all. But uh, it's really cool. If you haven't read it, it's an amazing book, and you should read it. But it's this, they're like in heaven. I'm going to butcher this, but like they're in heaven, and there's this woman who has like this tribe of people like following her. Like she is the queen. Actually, I think she's actually being carried to like, all of her kids are, like, following her. Like, she's the queen of this thing. And they're like, oh, man. And she, it's in heaven. And, and she brought all, all of her kids into heaven, right? And it's, it's such a, a beautiful picture. They're like, oh, my gosh. Like, you, you must have just been an amazing mother. And someone's like, well, actually, she never had any kids of her own. Because all the people that were following her were her spiritual children. And so, like, imagine what that could look like as a couple having, you know, your own children, but also spiritual children following you into the gates of heaven, which is like, that's what we want to do. Um, so like a question just would be like, who, who will be in heaven because of your marriage? Who will be in heaven because of the way that you, um, um, treat, uh, a guy or a girl in, in, in a dating relationship? Like I've never even thought that that could happen. Um, yeah, like I said, maybe you've never seen this before, but we want to always look at the real thing, Right. What could marriage really be? What does God want it to be? My model, like like in my own home, my model of marriage was not this, okay? So I'm kind of, I'm not making it up as I go because I have people a little bit ahead of me. I have people a good bit ahead of me that I'm looking to, and I'm also doing this with Jesus, and, and Katie and I are agreed in this. Does that make sense? So this is like what we're fighting for now. So that marriage that I was brought up in, is worlds different than the marriage that, like, my children are going to be brought up in. You know, that's, that's pretty sweet. And, hey, this is, Kenny mentioned, like, this is, a, this is like, the most important, at least the most influential relationship you're going to have for the rest of your life. And so it's both permanent and creative, okay? It's both permanent and creative. It's creative because you're, be, you're able to make something. You can bring in people 
Um, you, you literally, we have two kids running around that we didn't buy. Like, they're just, we made them. You know what I'm saying? It, like, still freaks me out. Um, but because of that, because it's permanent and creative, it, it could be abused in, like, the worst way imaginable. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because it, it's, it could rip apart, like, if you're example of marriage like 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 if Katie and I if our example of marriage went south then you basically create like mommy issues daddy issues mistrust distrust towards men distrust towards women a bad view of marriage like it is incredibly like if you're gonna do that just don't get married like please please don't get married if you're if that's your plan or if you're like well it might happen like just don't do it it's just gonna create issues in the future um but the flip side is true too. Like, like in the in Genesis as well, God promised Abraham. He says, "I am going to make your family a blessing to the whole world, and and you are going to be blessed, and you are going to be a blessing." And that, and that's what I want for my family. I want everyone who meets a sombrio from now on. I want everyone who meets a sombrio to to meet with God. I want them to walk away and be like, "Oh my gosh!" Not just me and Katie, but like my kids. Filling, filling people's life with peace. My kids feeling, filling people's life with, with joy, and, and also for me and Katie. Does that make sense? So that, that's like not what I came from, but that's where we could be going. And that's where everyone in this room, if you want it, you can do the same thing, okay? Um, so it's permanent and it's creative. And this is just like, I don't know, this is just like really special. And I don't take this lightly, but we've, you know, we've been married for like seven years. So for the past probably six years, I've got to be a, and, and, you know, Sean does this, and now Christopher gets to do this, and to me, like, like, we get to be examples of what a godly husband could look like, and I don't take that light, lightly, like, there's so many people, even in this room right now, who don't know what a godly husband or father could look like, and that's really, really sad and lame, but it's true, but we, but, like, but we get to be that, you know what I'm saying, and, and, you know, my kid's, like, four, my oldest kid, so now for the past four years, like what a godly father could look like, that's a big deal. And, and if, if someone doesn't know Jesus and they see the way that you treat your kids, that actually is a picture of what God the Father looks like. Does that make sense? Like you're actually like a picture of, of who God is, which is just like really beautiful and also like <laughs> like a lot of responsibility. Um, so, so for me to continue to have a marriage that's centered around Jesus is is creative and permanent. Okay, um, and then the and then the other thing is marriage is offensive, and it is also it has to be done, guys. Hey, for real. Okay, and this is dating as well. Okay, it has to be done in community. Okay, it has to be done in community. Um, here's how the t- the story typically goes. Okay, boy meets girl, they fall in love. They get married, the credits roll, whatever your favorite rom-com song is. I will be happy to discuss that for hours. Um, but what happens the next day, right? You don't, you don't ever really see with that. It's just the marriage. They drive off. Well, that's, <laughs> that's why weddings are overly priced and overly valued now because that's all we care about most. But the, but the marriage is actually the most important thing, and it has to be done in community. And so... Typically, the credits roll the next day. No one 
sees them again, right? Or, or you get a boyfriend, girlfriend, and no one sees them again. And then, and then we say, oh, it makes sense because they're married now, right? I've, I've like yelled at my friends because they'll be like, oh, man, I just didn't think you'd come because you have a wife and kid now. And I'm like, yeah, I have a wife and kid now. I'm still like, I still need friends, you know? And so this needs to happen within the context of community. And if, if I'm the friend who says, hey, it's okay, they're married now, or they're dating now, I'm actually pushing them towards isolation. Sean said this last week, um, that a lone wolf is either hurt or it's lost. I'll never forget that. I think that was amazing. And these two lone wolves are now hurt and lost, and their friends think it's okay. Okay? So marriage has to be done within the confines of community. It is like a lose-lose situation if this doesn't happen. Katie, um, Man, it's, it's just really cool. I know this is actually probably really hard for a girl to kind of admit than it, it maybe is for like a guy, but she has kind of come to this realization and she said it out loud that she cannot be my brothers, okay? She says, I can't be your brothers. One, she's not a dude, so that doesn't work. And then she's not two people, so she can't be my brothers, plural, okay? Does that make sense? But that's like really freeing to me because she knows there is there are certain things in me that she can't fulfill, okay? Um, there are certain things in me that she can't bring out. And that's like, oh, that's so sad. I want to do that. You're not that great. Like, nobody's that great. You're not going to be able to bring out everything, all the best in somebody, okay? That is such a myth. That is such a lie. You need brothers. You need sisters who are going to um, reflect the, the image of God out of you in a, in a unique way, okay? Um, this, is, this is so s- scary. I'm not kidding around. Like, this is what I see happen the most. Like, like good intentions, horrible consequences, okay? So there, you know, I'm not going to Katie. I, I do this, and it just annoys her, so I just do it to annoy her sometimes. But, like, I'm not going her, to her to talk about sports. She says she loves the Red Sox. I love her. She does not love the Red Sox. Truthfully... She loves me, and I'm grateful for that. But I'm not like, yo, who do you think's the best Red Sox player ever? Like, she'd be like, uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez? Like, I don't know. But I'm asking, like, I'm talking to my, my friends about that. Does that make sense? And there's that, that's not like a need, I guess you could say, but it's like something that I love. I'm not like, oh, hey, Katie, let's go golfing. Like, I'm going to go to my guys, and like, we're going to go do that. Does that make sense? There's also things in me that she does bring out and it, and it like makes me better. There are things that reflect because of her. Um, so it's a community. It's not, it's not Katie or the guys. It's like the guys and Katie are making me who I am. Does that make sense? And like bringing out the most. So marriage is not a substitute and dating is not a substitute for community. Does that make sense? Like that has to be killed. Um, it's a beautiful, intimate relationship. And it should be considered the most influential and most important relationship in your life, but it's not the only relationship, okay? It's not the only relationship. Um, because Katie and I choose to have our, relation, or our marriage and community, it means people can see and learn from the way that we treat each other. Sometimes we make mistakes, and we're able to do that in community, and we can learn together. Um, we love each other, and we love our family, and people get to see that. And so that idea of, like, leaving your father and mother— and cleaving to the one that you marry is, is like, 
essential to this, okay? Like, like you have to leave it. And, th- and this is actually how I'd say it. When you get married, your father and mother are no longer your immediate family. They're your extended family, okay? Like, they don't get to make the calls anymore. Like, you are, you know, the husband is, like, leading that family, okay? And that father or that mother, if they want to, like, have a say, that's nice. But, like, if they are, like, hey, you're part of my family, like, you need to do what I say, like, that is super wicked, okay? It's immature mostly, but it's really wicked. And so you still have your extended family. You still have your friends. You still have your small group. You still have your, you know, all these things because they make you um, more like Jesus. So don't turn inward only. You still have a mission before you, and uh, you still have people that can and, and, and you should go to. I need to ask questions. I mean, Sean and I are always, like, asking questions to each other. I was telling Timmy earlier, like, he sharpens me in a way that nobody else does. Like, like the things that we disagree on and then we get to talk about are amazing, and, and I need that. And, and Katie and I don't have that all the time. Does that make sense? Like, okay. Um, anyways, Katie's going to come up um, and talk. Uh, a little bit more, and then um, and then we'll I'll be back up and we'll wrap it up. Okay. Sweet. Um, yeah, I just you know I, I want you guys to know all these things you know that we're talking about that we have already talked about and that uh, we have yet to talk about are things that man as we we've, we've just had so many conversations over the last you know like ten days specifically, but over the years conversations between us, but also conversations with so many people um, over and over again about that this is such a big deal, right? It's always going to come up. We talk about it over and over again. And um, and I, I just want you to know, um, we could talk about like so many things tonight, right? But the things that we've chosen, we really feel like God put on our hearts as like, like really important. And they're things that God has solidified in us over these years of walking this out with people walking it out like us you know um I, I just want you to know that like we don't we're not saying this stuff lightly it's not just like some nice things to say these are like these are deep convictions of ours now from like experience and and from listening to the Lord and learning making mistakes like so I, I hope you know that um this stuff is a big deal um okay so so you know, we're talking about God's design for marriage and, and all these things, and, and you know, um, by its very nature, every good design has, like, functional limitations, right? So, like, if you put a fork in a microwave, you're going to find out what a microwave was not meant to do, right? And that is heat up metal. Um, you'll find that out very fast. Um, so every, every design has, like, kind of limitations to it, right? That's just kind of the nature of it. Um, and so, when we're talking about this stuff, like, we need to know that, like, like we did not create marriage, okay? We didn't create gender. We didn't come up with sex. God did. He did. He's the designer. We don't get to decide how it works, okay? You might not like that, but that's, that's just true. <laughs> um, so everything that we've already talked about is, is kind of like, in essence, a limit, almost, like a parameter, a way in which God made marriage and relationships to function. Um, sex is another example of this. We got you know, we can't uh, have a relationship talk, not talk about sex, but I'm not going to talk about it a lot. So, um, but, but sex is an example of this. Uh, did you know that God wants you to have lots of sex? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're like, I'm turning red. Yes, when you're married. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Yes, it's awesome. I have kids. 
Sex is great. Um, so it's obvious. Anyway, I'm not, anyway, that was awkward. Okay, so physical, physical intimacy was designed by God to function within the context of marriage. That is how he made it. Okay? Remember, he's a designer, not me. Yes? Okay. Um, I, I've used this example a bunch, so sorry if you've heard this before, if you've talked to me about dating and sex and all the things. Um, but if you think about a car, granted, not every car runs on gasoline primarily. I understand that there's different kinds of cars. But we're going to use this as, a, as an example. Boys, okay, uh, this car that we're talking about right now runs on gasoline, okay? Um, if you have a car that runs on gasoline, you don't get to just decide all of a sudden, you know what? I'm going to put, I'm going to put water in that tank. I'm going to put orange juice in there, and it's going to run. Great. Right? Like, I don't, I didn't design that car. I don't get to say that. It runs on gasoline. And if I put something else in there, what's going to happen to that car? Very quickly. <laughs> it's it's going to deteriorate, right? It's going to stop working. So this is what happens when we try to separate sex from marriage. Feels good for a bit, right? It's fun. Maybe it seemed like a good idea. It doesn't really seem to have much consequence right away. But over time, your heart will become calloused. Your soul will become more and more insecure. And your body even will start breaking down. Your life will start deteriorating in a way and it'll stop working the way it's supposed to, right? We don't like this, but, but this is true. And I think you know it's true. Sex was not made to function outside of marriage. Um, and sex isn't the only thing. This goes for emotional and spiritual intimacy, too. And this is a big deal. I don't think we talk about this very much, but we, we think, especially as Christians, that we can get spiritually and emotionally intimate with, with someone that we're dating or whatever. As long as we aren't having sex, it's fine, right? I give my whole heart and my whole life, and we won't have any friends. But as long as we're not having sex, it's okay. You can cause just as much long-term damage by being too emotionally and spiritually intimate with someone before marriage. There is no single person that can bear the weight of your needs and your longings, your heart rate. Only God can do that. Only God. So we have this really dumb saying, please don't, like, study this. <laughs> it just rhymes, so. But we say, don't pray together before you lay together. <laughs> like I said, don't overthink it. Um, but don't pray together before you lay together. It's just a stupid thing to remind us that we got to guard our hearts before marriage. It's not just about being physically pure. you got, you got to guard your heart, right? Um, Charles and I actually, I think the first time we ever prayed together, we were, I remember we were engaged and we were sitting at a table uh, wedding planning and <laughs> you need to pray over that. It's a lot. So um, that was the first time and I remember feeling kind of like, is this okay? But we were, we were really like, really cautious about that. We didn't do Bible studies together. I think sometimes it's easy, and I'm not like, like, you know, harping on this, but, but I think it's easy to be like, oh, we're Christians dating. What does a Christian do? We should pray together, <laughs> you know? You don't have to. Don't. Just don't. Like, it's fine. Um, be, regardless, be mindful of, of emotional and spiritual intimacy, all right? All, your body is, your body and your soul are one whole thing, and they move together. And so, um, God created the, those real levels of, of intimacy, that, that depth of intimacy for marriage. And so, um, man, dating is an awesome time to be, <laughs> like, intentional friends. That sounds kind of funny, but, but seriously, like, go on dates with a person that, you, that is a friend, and you get to know if you, if, if you want to spend the rest of your life with them, right? Um, and you save the other stuff, that good stuff for marriage, okay? 
And once you're married, oh my gosh, stuff is awesome, right? Intimacy is amazing. All of it, it's incredible. And, and when it's within God's design, it's so good. And I'm so gr- grateful that God made things the way that he did. Um, seriously, it's so good. And it's these very limits of God's design that, that bring freedom for us to be and do all that he made us to be and do. There's this verse I love, Psalm 119, 32. It says, I run in the path of your commands for you've set my heart free. When you think about that, you're like, that sounds kind of weird. Like, God's commands, I'm free, and I'm running, and I'm happy. Like, we think of commands as like, oh, I have to do this, you know? But man, God's commands are freedom. When we live within his design, it is freedom. It's so much easier to run on a nice, smooth path than it is running through the woods, right? Anybody ever tried to, like, like run a marathon through the woods? It's not I mean, it could be fun, but it's hard, <laughs> you know? It's way, you're going to go way faster and not, like, you know, uh, hurt yourself uh, going down the path. So uh, there's a quote by uh, one of my favorite authors, Elizabeth Elliot. She puts this really well. She says, perspective makes all the difference in the world. If you catch even a glimpse of the divine design, you will be humbled and awed at least. I believe a true understanding of it will also make you grateful. The special gift and ability of each creature defines its special limitations. And as the bird easily comes to terms with the necessity of bearing wings when it finds that it is in fact the wings that bear the bird up away from the world into the sky and into freedom, so the one who accepts the limitations of God's design finds in those very limitations his or her gifts and special calling, wings in fact, which lifts them up into perfect freedom to the will of God. Isn't that cool? So cool. Find freedom in the things that I think a lot of times we, we see as limitations of God's design when he, his commands, but they are good. And, and just, yeah, just let me tell you, when, you know, when we follow his design, it's good. It's good. He's so kind and he's so gracious and he cares about us so much. Okay, trying to wrap this up. All right, trust in the Lord. And do not rely on your understanding. You good? Everybody okay? You okay? All right, great. All right, and in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge, know, learn, discern, recognize, consider, find out. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So every choice you make, every decision, are you looking? Are you looking for him? Are you asking him? Are you cooperating? With God, he doesn't necessarily, like, have a map laid out for every decision. I've seen people get weird about this, like, what should I have for a snack? Um, may- maybe he cares about us. I don't know. I don't know, but just don't get weird. But, but God does care about the decisions that you make, especially stuff like this that is super influential for your life, right? And so, um, so cooperate with God. Um, it makes me think about, like, if you're doing a puzzle, like, I don't know what kind of puzzler you are, but I'm like a hold the box right here, and I'm like, okay. Like, I'm looking, you know, for, like, that little piece with the white little blurry part and the gray streak, and I'm like, but I do puzzles pretty well. So I'm just saying, keep looking at the box, right? Like, like keep looking at Jesus. Lord, what do you think? What do you think? Cooperate with God in this, okay? In all your ways, acknowledge him. Okay, so we're going to get practical here. This is the fun part. So what does it look like to bring him into your dating specifically? Okay, this is the questions we have. So the first is this. I basically just said it. Simply ask God what he thinks. Invite him into the process. Listen and then follow through or obey. Anything God says to do, we obey. Like always obey. It's just simple. Like, ask God what he thinks. And I think we've, we really do forget this. It's not just like, 
Yeah, like invite him into the process, not just like ask him on the front end and then do your own thing. You know what I mean? Like invite him into it. Do it with him. And the second is like it. Like if you're living in community, ask your godly friends, people that are also listening to the voice of God, what they think. And then invite them into the process and actually listen to them and follow through with what they say. I've had a lot of friends that are really good about the asking part. Like, oh, I asked like all these people what they thought about my boyfriend. But then they didn't, they didn't do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Probably some of us have been the culprit or the one being asked. You're like, why did you listen to me? Look at what happened. <laughs> you know, I've been on both sides of that. But actually listen to your friends, your godly friends, please. They're hearing from God, and sometimes they can, they can see with way more clarity than you can in your muddled heart. Like, you know? So ask your friends. Okay, and then um, has anyone ever made, like, a list of what you wanted in a, in a future spouse? Probably just girls. All right, <laughs> guys are like, what? I don't know could do that. Uh, when I was 16, I made this list. I definitely didn't come up with these terms on my own, so I must have heard it somewhere. Negotiables and non-negotiables, anybody ever done that? I was just talking to someone today who literally just did it. This is pretty fun. Um, so I made this list. I should have looked harder to find it. It's so funny, but anyway, um, I made this list, and... Uh, and honestly, it's been really helpful. It's really helpful. Some things tweaked along the way as I matured. But um, I'm going to help you get started with your list. This is, this is a big deal, okay? Negotiables and non-negotiables. That's a tongue twister. Uh, first on your list, non-negotiable number one. You ready? Spiritual compatibility. That sounds like, like a big thing. It is a big thing. If you are a follower of Christ... He or she must be a follower of Christ. And if they aren't, you don't need to be dating them. Just don't. You don't. The Bible's pretty clear about this. Paul tells the Corinthians, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? This, this sounds really serious, um, because it is. We're talking about your life partner, this person you're, you're going to maybe become one unit with for the forever, right? Like, that's a big deal. Um, and if your your heart belongs to Jesus and theirs doesn't, like, how's that going to work out? You know what I mean? And, and I recognize that maybe not everyone in this room um, is a follower of, of Jesus. And that's, okay, we're so happy that you're here. And tonight, if you walk away with anything, I want you to have a bigger view of God and, a, and a, an understanding that, man, he wants your heart. And more than you getting married or going on a date, you need to know him. You need to know him. So, um, but, th but this is a big deal. Uh, I think in our culture, we get confused about this because we're like, oh, yeah, we're Christian. Like, he's Christian. You know, my boyfriend, girlfriend, what, you know, they go to church. They love God. Like, you know, they ask questions sometimes. They believe in God, right? Um, but when I say spiritual compatibility, I mean this. A.W. Tozer says that what you think about God, so your spirituality, is the most important thing about you. It's the most important thing about you. And I think it's easy for us to think about it for ourselves and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is the most important thing about me. Jesus is the most important thing about me and what I believe about him. But it's really hard for us sometimes to, like, think about that for this person we're dating. <laughs> like, what they think about God is the most important thing about them. It's their most important quality and, therefore, the thing you should be most aware of and, and thoughtful about. Do you know what I'm saying? Right? Like, that's their most important quality. That's a that's a big deal. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like, what do you actually mean you s- when you say, oh, he, he's a Christian or she's a Christian? Um, do they really care about the things of God? Do they have a, a thriving devotional life? Are they spending time with God? Are they in community? Are you guys in community together, in godly community? Um, do they care about the, the um, what, what God cares about, like the lost, winning the lost, and, and, um, and advancing the kingdom of God? You know what I mean? Like, this is what we mean. Um, are you guys on the same page? So, okay, um, you two, come here. Me? They're already married, and they're great, so you're going to ask them lots of questions. Okay, come, come stand right here next to each other. All right. Okay, just right there. Okay, so Brandon and, and Melody are, well, they're married, but let's just pretend that they're dating, and they're like, oh, they like each other, and it's awesome. Okay, and they're in the same spot right now, right? Okay, all right. You're in the same spot, right? Turn, turn that way. Okay, you turn this way. Okay, oh, look, they're in the same spot. Oh, man, this is so fun. Oh, my gosh. Okay, start taking some steps. Oh, oh man, what's happening? Oh, stop, stop. Are you guys, you think you're going to get closer to each other or further apart if you keep going? <laughs> okay, good, you can go sit down. <laughs> Come back together. Um, okay, trajectories. You know what this means, right? It was that point trajectory is like over there so you might start in the same spot with somebody right like oh man yeah but if their trajectory is like pointed that way and yours is pointed that way what's gonna happen it's not gonna it's you're gonna separate it's not gonna go very well right and it's it's a straight line like it's not you know well I guess Lord willing it could be that but um trajectories Even if you don't see the effects of spiritual incompatibility now, over time, things will begin to erode when you have to decide your views on sex or how are you going to raise kids or what you're going to do with your money or what kind of friends you're going to have, uh, careers you're going to choose, um, like like these, these big decisions, right? It's going to get harder and harder, not just like where are we going to get dinner tonight. Do you know what I mean? So think about it. Spiritual compatibility will mean life or death to you and your relationship. Okay, non-negotiable number two, shared values and virtues. Um, I'll just fly through this. As, you know, We basically kind of talked about this, but do they, do they share the same convictions? Do they value the things that you value most? Um, if, if God called you to move to another country um, and be a missionary because you value missions and, and um, going to the ends of the earth to see the lost, to know Jesus, like, what if they don't want to do that? You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's kind of a big deal. Um, and do they have virtues? Like, in your weakest moment, how do they respond? Is it with, is it with kindness or is it, with, is it critical, you know? Or um, are they selfless? Are they thoughtful? Are they honest? Are they a person of integrity? Are they a good communicator? Like, what are some of those values and virtues that, that you want to see? You know what I mean? Um... And I'll just say this, virtues, you think about those trajectories, virtues get more virtuous, which is awesome, but vices get more vicious. It should be vicious, but it's vicious. Um, (laughs) Okay, does this make sense? You guys okay? All right. I know this is a lot. Okay, so back to our list. What about negotiables? These are, I mean, these are just things that that you would like, but in the end they don't really matter. Uh, On my list was, like, nice warm hands. 
And Charles actually has those. He's got great hands. Um, and he's always, like, <laughs> just very warm. He's a very warm person. Um, and sometimes too much. So, but, but he has nice hands. He has warm hands. So, you know, you never know what your negotiables you're going to get. Um, God is so kind, though. Like, like, don't forego that. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. Like, like, it's okay for you to have some things in your mind. Like, man, I'd really like that. You know? Like, I'd really love someone that I could go rock climbing with. You know? Like, I love that. You know what I mean? Like, God, God cares about those things, too. So, pay attention to what matters, but don't be afraid to ask for things. God loves you. Um, okay. I'm basically done. So, um, I was really afraid to obey Jesus and, and move across the country uh, to West Virginia. I, w- I was living in Texas, and I was single, and I was like, I'm leaving the only, like, single guys that are godly that I know, and I'm moving to this place, and I don't know anybody, and I'm never going to get married. <laughs> That's how I felt. Um, and I remember weeping at the altar, <laughs> laying that down before the Lord, and um, I remember a good friend of mine saying, and this really stuck with me. Uh, she said, listen, Katie, like, if you keep walking in obedience to Jesus, if, if you fix your, your heart and your eyes on him, when it's the right time, I promise you someone else who's doing the same thing, they're going to they're gonna run into you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because like, y'all are heading in the same direction. Think about those trajectories, right? What happens? Charles, come here. Okay, here we are over here. Our trajectory's right there. Okay, now we start walking. Mm. <laughs> All right, you can sit down. Um, <laughs> but that happened. We literally followed Jesus to West Virginia, and we didn't quite run into each other, but sort of, you know? And, um, and man, like, where your eyes are looking is so important. Marriage is not a reward. It's not a reward, Okay. It's not the end goal. It either is or is not on the path of obedience towards our eternal reward, King Jesus. Okay? When he is in your eyes and you're walking in obedience to him, I promise you, like, like marriage, if, if that's what he intends for you, it'll happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Okay? But he's the reward. He's the one at the end. Not some marriage. That's not what we're living our life for. Okay? So what trajectory are you on? What trajectory is this person that you're interested on? Think about these things, okay? Cool. Thanks, babe. (laughs) Hey, that was awesome. Seriously. Um, Wrapping it up, he will make your path straight. So we, we went through this verse, right? These verses. Um... Leonard Ravenhill, he calls this the harness of discipline. Uh, I just think that's an amazing term. Um, think of like a harness, like it's it's on you. It's 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 almost like something like a, a horse, or like like you know, like a dog, like a snow dog or something would wear to keep it on track, right? Like that's what a harness does. Uh, a really powerful beast. You know, horses are like super super crazy powerful but you can you can rule them with like a with like a bit or whatever and and this harness of discipline is is just what Katie's talking about like living within God's rules and designs right 
He will make your path straight. <laughs> Another great theologian, Jocko, says, um, discipline equals freedom, okay? Discipline equals freedom. And so ultimately what we're talking about is freedom in Jesus. Guys, like, I mean, she talked about this, like, um, an ungodly relationship, um, all, the, all, you know, intimacy, physical, emotional, spiritual, before marriage. It's just going to ruin you. It's just going to ruin you. It's just going to ruin him um, or her. You know, like, it's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to enslave you. It's going to put you in a bondage, right? Uh, truthfully. And you might, oh, that's just so over the top. But, like, like that's just, that is God's ways, okay? Um, and so if we take on, hey, I'm going to put this harness of discipline on. Kidding, like the term discipline. Um, it, it's fair. Like, like it, it sounds bad. Oh, discipline is like a, it's like you get in trouble or like you got to go to the gym. But, but discipline literally is just uh, rules of government, okay? A rule of government, living according to rule, rule or order. You could say um, just discipline, like disciplining my life. Um, committing to an order in your life is like the best way to say it. If you try and breathe underwater, you're going to have some issues, right? That's like a rule of order. Um, if you eat pizza all day, you'll probably gain a few pounds. You know what I'm saying? Like that is just like a rule of order. Uh, that's discipline. Choosing discipline is something we do every day. Uh, we always choose to limit ourselves in some way. And it's always based on the government that we impose on our, on our own hearts, right? Uh, so we can choose our government, which is going to fail um, and leave us high and dry. Or uh, we can choose God's government, which, which he promises will make your path straight, okay? Um, straight, I, I, man, I, I think this is cool. It's like straight side to side. Like Katie talked about that psalm, the straight side to side. So you're going to kind of have that trajectory straight, straight on. But then also, honestly, like straight up and down. Like he's going to kind of flatten, flatten the land in front of you, and, and it's going to be a little less um, uh, up and down. Uh, when you do trust God and you live in his ways, your lows are still going to come, okay? You're still going to deal with these different things and um, suffer in some ways, and you're going to deal with adversity. But, hey, seriously, they will be manageable. They will be, when you walk in God's, and, and you take on the harness of God's discipline, the highs and lows become more manageable. Um, they're less severe of a toll, toll um, because you get to get, go through them together with Jesus and with someone who's who's upholding you, right? A, a godly spouse who's like pointing you towards Jesus. Um, you'll be able to deal with the death of someone more coherently. You won't be changed for the worse because of losing your job. It's not going to be like you walk home and you're like, I lost my job today. That's crazy. But you are going to be able to walk through that stuff with your, you know, kind of kind of broader shoulders, head held high because you know that Jesus is with you, and you're walking on his path, man. Um, when you find and commit some, to someone who is committed to Jesus in a full way, we talk about the three reels, uh, devotional life, relationship, and, and responsibility. If you both have that as the center of your life, and you say, hey, we're going to make disciples. I'm going to make disciples with, with or without you, so let's do it together. Um, you won't be scared of them going off the deep end either, okay? You don't have to worry about, man, I, I, I will admit, I, I used to be, like in high school and some of college, man, I was like a jealous, like, boyfriend. Like, some would say, like, toxic, okay? Um, I, w I just remember, like, feeling, like, in my stomach, like, anger. Like, if I found out, like, even some girl I like, like, texting somebody else. Um, 
But I haven't felt that like the entire time Katie and I have been together, almost a decade, including dating. I haven't worried about what she's up to or what she's doing or any of those things. And, and that's because her trajectory is set on Jesus. And when you find someone else, like if, and mine is too, like, I mean, just re- realistically, when you decide to do that, and when you find someone else who's doing that, you don't have to worry. Like, does that make sense? So your paths are straight. That's awesome. Um, you can't really complain when if your if your trajectory is on something else, making money, having a, a solid marriage, um, that wife that you always wanted, that husband that you always wanted, all these different things. Then you can't really complain when things don't go your way. If you get cheated on. Um, if your if your marriage falls apart and you're not and your eyes aren't fixed on Jesus, then you can't really complain because that's just like, well, what did you expect? Um, when you're lied or disappointed to disappointed, um, if you take if you take your eyes off Jesus and you're not following Him, then then you can't really be that upset. Um, but if we try and if we try to do it in our own way, God God really won't be happy. I mean, I've said this multiple times, but like that is true. Like if I try to date someone in my own way. God's not going to bless that. He's not going to be like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, I'm so happy with what you're disobeying me with. You know, that's that's so crazy to even believe. Uh, hey, man, you guys can come up. Um, so so tonight, I just kind of, like, we've said a lot of stuff. I know you guys have been, like, flying through the notes and all that type of thing. And I'm just really stoked. I mean, definitely wanted to talk about this and kind of have, like, a more conversational feel. Um, but I do want to have a type of response. Um Okay, so so I just want to break it down like the easiest way possible. It's just in this verse. It's trust, acknowledge, and uh, submit or obey. I'll probably use those two words. Okay, so trust, acknowledge, and submit. Um, so trust, okay, hey, God, you made this. This is your way. I have to trust you. I haven't been doing it in my way. Um, dating or, or even singleness, you can do it in, in the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, whatever situation, all of us are in a situation, whatever situation that is, um, am I going to trust God in this? Does that make sense? So, so trust, um, acknowledge. So wherever I'm at, if I'm dating, if I'm looking for a boyfriend, girlfriend, if I have one, hey, okay, I don't know if I've brought this to you yet. Does that make sense? Like there's certain things, just honestly, you probably haven't thought of. And that's okay. Like God's not going to hold you guilty for that. But if He says it to you, then it's like now it's your responsibility to think about it. So, so trust, acknowledge. If you feel, if you feel guilt, um, the the world is is trying to eradicate guilt. Have y'all noticed that? You don't need to feel guilty for that. If you are guilty and, and God says, if God's saying that you're guilty, then you are. And you should feel guilty because that's being alive. And that's a good thing. And if you're doing the wrong thing and if you're living not according to God's ways and you feel guilt right now or from something that someone said or when we're worshiping, that's awesome. Like that means you're alive and that means you're hearing from God. If you feel shame, shame is also, you know what that's called? It's called your conscience. It's listening to the Holy Spirit. When you feel shame because of something that you did that's improper, that's actually, it means you're still hearing from God. You're not too far gone, right? If you, if you have a seared conscience, that means you can do whatever you want and not feel guilt or shame for it, and that will lead, that's spiritually death, okay? And, and that can happen. So if you feel guilt and you feel shame right now, I don't, I don't want to heap that on you. I'm not 
the one doing that. But if you feel that, like lean into it. Acknowledge, God, I feel guilty. God, I feel shame. Why is this? Am I? You know what I'm saying? Um, big brother talk. Okay? You guys okay? Like coming from a big brother. Guys, if your trajectory is bent and you want to be more like Jesus, men, you don't have to figure out who you're going to marry before you go on a date. Just go on a date and see if it's a good idea, okay? Like we, guys, look around. Like everyone around here, this is a good-looking crew. You know what I'm saying? Like we should be, like we, y'all should be dating more is all I'm saying. Uh, Stop overthinking it. If someone's in small group and they're, and they're really, like, looking to be more like Jesus, you're not going to, there's not that many people like that in Morgantown, A, at WVUB, and especially when you leave, you're not going to find many people like that, okay? And so, so, like, coming from your big brother, like, like, find a girl and ask her out, okay? Girls don't feel obligated to say yes, but let them down easy, you know what I'm saying? Let them down easy. I, I absolutely hate Galentine's Day. I think it's dumb. I think it's a cop-out. Good. Valentine's Day is for girls. I'll admit it. But it's for girls. It's for guys to ask girls out. That's all I'm saying. So, Galentine's Day is a cop-out. Fight me. Guys ask girls out. Girls, say yes. If you want to say yes, say yes. Okay, like you don't, it's not like you're proposing, like, like Christian dating isn't like, all right, hey, let's get married tomorrow. It's like, hey, let's check this out. We might, this might work. And then the cool thing about walking with Jesus is then because you didn't go get naked the next day, it's not weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, oh, that was kind of funny. Like it didn't work out. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's what godly dating could look like. Does that make sense? Like, I know that's, like, a little silly. It's really just silly because y'all are laughing. Um, But, hey, seriously, not every Christian group is going to have a bunch of, uh, I'm going to be honest, okay? Not not every Christian group, basically every Christian group is going to have great girls in it, okay? Truthfully, like, it's just kind of the reality. Not every Christian group is going to have great guys in it, okay? Churches have like a lack of godly men. And if you like coffee knit cap boys, that's great. That's probably what you're going to find at a church. But if you want like like this is a group of studs. Like this I'm not being so silly. Like like that's what's cool about our Chi Alpha is that is that we actually do things specifically. I mean, I'm not excited. Like we we try and and get godly men. Does that make sense? And we, and we have talks like, hey, don't just be this, like, nice Christian-y guy. Like, we want you to be a godly man. And that's who's being trained up here. And so if this is a training ground, I mean, you got godly women as well. And so just keep that in mind. Like, it's not necessarily just going to get better somewhere else. Okay? The grass ain't always greener. So that's, like, big brother stuff. But for real, um, a trust God, right? Trust in him. Uh, acknowledge him in all my ways. And then the last thing is just submit. So the, the next real step, okay, is take the next real step. Maybe that means I'm expecting 
a bunch of, hey, we need to talk texts to come out tonight, tomorrow, right? Hey, maybe it's, it's good. Hey, we need to talk. Katie talked about this thing. I think that's amazing. You're, you're everything I ever wanted. Or, hey, we need to talk like, you need to figure this out. I mean, truthfully, like, especially guys, like, if you aren't serious about Jesus and you're dating somebody, break it off now so that you're not stringing her along. Does that make sense? Like, you need to be the one who kind of steps up in this situation and says, hey, this is not working. You want, that's great, you love God, and I'm stoked about that, but that's not where I'm at. So be, be the, like, the leader here and kind of step up and do that. Okay, I also realize some of y'all are dating, and it's awesome, okay? I'm not, like, going to pray and be like, God, show me what's wrong with me and Katie's marriage. <laughs> you know, if I was serious, I would. But, but I'm, like, encouraged. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is awesome. Like, thank you, Jesus, that he is blessing what, what he's doing. And, and that's true, too. So it's okay to feel guilt. It's okay to feel shame. And it's also okay to feel encouraged. Does that make sense? So trust God. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Sorry I made Justin so long. Um, hear me ranting about dating. Uh, and, 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 and obey and submit to God. Okay? Think about what he's saying. Ask him to speak to you. And do the next, he's not going to say a million things, right? He's kind. He's going to say one thing. Hey, here's what you need to do. Send the text. Have the conversation. Get right with me. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Sweet. I'm going to pray. We'll worship. And then we'll be out of here. Sound okay? Thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. Thank you that you are, um, that you care about this. Um, that you want us to be set up for success. And that you want us to honor you with our relationships, Jesus. Thank you that you are the God of relationships. God, we want to honor you. Um, would you speak? Um, just open ears, open hearts tonight um, to hear your voice clearly in a way that would be understood by each person, God. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen.